Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Tim Gossage in the chair for Mark Duffield for this edition of Inspiring Sports Stories. And thanks to the team at Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. Well, today's guest is a Premiership player from 1996 with North Melbourne. He played a total of 222 games, 178 of those with the Kangaroos, and 44 with Hawthorne, 155 goals. He played state footy for Victoria, and he now resides in WA, and we talk of Anthony Rock. Thanks for coming in, and let's hope you have an inspiring story. Oh, thanks, Goss. It's uh, pretty hard to talk about yourself, but we'll, uh, we'll do our best. So take us back to the young boy playing footy, uh, of course. And we, we talk of uh, junior footy at St. Dominic's as well. And then you went to Hadfield Footy Club. And that's where it would launch you to be picked up by North Melbourne. But just tell us a bit about what footy meant to a young Anthony Rock. Jeez. Uh, uh, I'll probably get emotional uh, throughout this uh, interview, Goss. But footy uh, for me was everything. My folks divorced when I was seven. Um, they were both hard workers. Um, so I started uh, at, at St Dominic's at the age of six, uh, playing you know local football. Uh, I was a mad young kid, played a lot of sport, basketball in particular, and just you know just kick out in the street because I had no sort of dad to sort of kick with in those days. Um, so we just kick through the, uh, the the goals or the just make up you know the trees or driveway and kick it up in the air and think I was Alex Jezelenko and. <laughs> Because I was uh, basically in an area that was owned with North Melbourne and Carlton. I was a an avid Carlton supporter, mad Carlton supporter. And uh, in on September 29th in 1979, Carlton beat Collingwood. And Harmsy taps it back to Sheldon. Sheldon kicks the goal, and and then said to my mother that uh, I'm going to play on on the MCG and I'm going to play in a premiership. And in my early days, I so desperately wanted to play for Carlton. Um, but unfortunately, not all fortunately, uh, I was on North Melbourne's side. Um, so I started in their development squad when I was 14. Um, so that was under Graham Templer. And then uh, under 19s, I was invited down as a, as a young 15-year-old uh, uh, in 86 to do a pre-season. Um, but at that point... I was too, I wasn't physically ready. I was, uh, you know, I was ringing wet, probably about 55 kilos. Um, haven't grown that much, put on a little bit more weight though. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I said to Dennis Pagan at the time when, uh, through pre-season, I remember being physically ill, um, training, um, and he, he said, look, you know, you just got to stick it out. I said, look, I'm not physically ready yet. And, and so I went away. St Dominic's, where I was playing football at the time, had disbanded, and I was into high school at that at that point in time at Glenroy Technical School, and I had no club to play for, no junior club. So, a couple of friends that I'd uh, made at at school uh, invited me to come down to Hadfield Football Club. So we won two premierships there, two uh, two cricket premierships, but I was in between 
playing under-19s as well. So in that 86 year, um, so I played most of my year at Hadfield and I think they had about five games to go. And then Dennis rang me up and said, look, I understand you're going really well. And if you come back and train for a couple of weeks, I can guarantee you I'll give you some you know, some time and, and some games. So he did that. So um, that was with the 19s? That, that was the under-19s, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. that was in 86. And then basically I played about the last four games. I played the first couple of finals. And then I took my bags to the MCG when they were playing Collingwood uh, in the grand final and I, I missed out on that game. Um, and then, you know, the following year I was playing for Hadfield and I played basically, you know, every game in Teal Cup and... Uh, I was all Australian in, in 87. Tell us a bit about the Teal Cup team that you played with and some of the, the players. Oh, they're amazing. Um, geez. I mean, even if you think about before me, Ronnie James, who, you know, is not with us to this day. He was a, you know, playing as a 15-year-old at VFA level. He was a, he was a superstar. But guys like, um, you know, Steve Collin, Tim McGrath, um, Terry Keyes, th- those types of players that were, that were pretty good. Um, you know, there was... So many really good young players that um, that went on to to play league football, but there was also guys that within that team and all Australian team that didn't go on to make it. So, um, but look, I suppose when you you think about my my footy journey, I was always destined to to play league football. I always, I suppose, was knocked at at periods of time from my height, and um, but I didn't, I never ever let that deter me. So. You spoke about the emotion of it, and you, you thought you might get emotional. I want to take you back. So, uh, so d- d- divorced parents, and, and you know, and not having the dad to kick the ball around with. What role did did mum play in in that type of those early days of footy and supporting you? Well, she she's from the UK, mum. So, Glennis, uh, I don't know whether she'd be what, uh, listening to this, but uh, she's from the UK. Mum worked two jobs, so if, if you wanted a role model in your life, it would be my mum. Um, just basically, as I said, to keep a roof over, over our head and to deliver what she delivered. So look, I, I was fortunate. I went to some really good, you know, schools, primary schools and secondary schools. So I always had a mate to play with or go and stay over. Um, so therefore I got my, my sort of development through that sort of space, you know, playing cricket up in the dri- in the driveway or so I was playing basketball Friday nights. I was playing basketball Saturday mornings, playing Saturday afternoons, and then footy on Sunday. Yeah. So we'll get to your, your debut there, and you wore the famous number fifty-two. Still got the number fifty-two somewhere. I think it'd be it'd be somewhere, but I, I was I was that glad to get rid of it, Goss. Like, <laughs> and then soon as Jimmy Cracker he took off and you know went to St Kilda, I said, well, you know what, Greg Miller, <laughs> that's my number. <laughs> So that's how that all – I was actually went from 52 to 44 and then I, I – uh, You worked your way down. Yeah, worked my way nice down. Nice work by you. you. Yeah. Um, just in regards to playing junior footy, what were you What were you good at? If you were you – know, obviously you, you talked about your size and you were slight. Um, elusive, was that sort of the best way to describe your junior footy days? Yeah, I didn't get tackled that much because I'd always get rid of the ball before that happened. Um, I had good skills. I had good speed relatively um, to the game. But I suppose if you look at, I suppose, Sam Mitchell, the way that he plays, you, you would say that he's not overly quick, but his decisions, he gets rid of the ball. He makes good decisions. Yes. And, I, and I felt like, and I suppose the other thing is that I, I wasn't afraid to put my head over the ball. So that's where I excelled really. Um, and that became 
probably now to this day is uh, whilst you had to play that way, it's, you know, it's, I'm paying for it, put it that way. You talked about uh, your first uh, coach, your VFL coach at the time then in, in, mm. at, at North Melbourne was John Kennedy Senior, one of the legends, absolute legends of, of our game. What was he like? You remember the impact he had on you? Yeah, he was, uh, he was amazing. So I remember at times at North Melbourne, Arden Street, when it was raining, it was the, all those local grounds were quagmires in the days you could remember. Um, and he was late to training on many occasions and he'd be in his tracksuit and he would march out onto the ground with bare feet in the mud. Yep, you know, the whistle going you know, yelling instructions. Um, and I just remember to this day when I, I was playing reasonably well in the, in the reserves, um, and then it came time. So what happened on a Thursday night, you'd do a lot of circle work and he'd pair, he'd pair, pair people up, but only, you know, probably three or four pairs and he paired myself and Jimmy Cracker up and, and it's, it was, you know, con- you had to compete with those, those pairs. So I competed with Jim and Jim was out the back. I don't think he was really listening to instruction. <laughs> and anyway, I've tackled him and he's chased me and like swung me, swung at my head and just missed me. And, I've, and he used to pick me up from school. We used to play golf. So we had this bloody wonderful relationship, but on the field. And I just cuddled him. I said, what's going on, Jim? And uh, look, he eventually apologized because he didn't, he didn't hear the instructions of John. Um, but that, that night, uh, in the rooms after it, John came up and said, you know, you're going to make your debut this week. And he said, but make the most of it. He shook, he's got this massive hands, John. Right? And he said, make the most of it, son, because it's going to pass you by. And to this day, never a true word spoken. We'll talk more about your wonderful career with North Melbourne and some of the greats you played with and some of the stuff that's happened at North Melbourne off the field, of course. And we'll talk about, of course, where to now with Anthony Rock. Anthony Rock is our guest, 222-gamer, superstar premiership player, and he is an inspiring story. And this is Inspiring Stories. Thanks to Baron O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Tim Gossage in the chair. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. Our guest is Anthony Rock, 1996 Premiership player with North Melbourne. Finished his career at the Hawks and has been coaching at all levels since his retirement. And we'll talk about, about life after footy shortly. You talked about your debut. I'd love to know how you were on the morning, how you were. Uh, that was round 12, Melbourne, Melbourne. I think it was. Yep. Yeah, you wore 52 on that day. Didn't get a lot of the footy, but I'd just love to know what that whole build-up was like. Um, the days leading up from the Thursday night being told you're going to play. To you. Can you recall the day of the game? Can you recall running out on the ground? Just let our listeners know what oh. that was like. As I said, I was still in high school at that point, and to play at the MCG, uh, to be roving with Jimmy Cracker and – you know, playing with all the, the North Melbourne greats. Um, my first kicking league football was out in the full. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my last my last kick with Box Hill in the premiership, uh, I kicked the goal from 50 outset shot. Um, so, you know, over that 14, 15 years, I actually improved. <laughs> but that day, I mean, geez, you know, young 17-year-old as a whippet. You're right, I didn't get much of the ball, but 
what an experience uh, to play at the MCG. I can't remember even we, whether we won or lost, but I think we you won. We won, yeah. You won. You won by uh, 13 points. Yeah, we won by 13 points. So, obviously, to be involved in um, a debut at the MCG, and I happened to play, you know, most of my career at the MCG, you know, as it, as it turned out. You did. I want to rattle off a couple of names. You talked about uh, Jim Cracker, but Phil Cracker played in there, and just recently I was lucky enough to uh, – Chat with Phil. He was in WA for the WA Football Hall of Fame. He was inducted for his exploits. How lucky were you to play with those two? Oh, uh, what were they like? Oh, they were they were magnificent. Oh, quiet people. Jimmy is a, a little is different to Phil. Phil's a bit more, you know, outward. Um, Which but, we didn't think that at the time. No, no, no. But uh, look, Jim was such a a really giving person, but just really kept to himself and loved his golf and. Him and I struck up a, a, a really good relationship where we'd, uh, you know, at times he'd pick me up from school and we'd go and shoot nine holes and, um, you know, so we built that sort of relationship because he didn't live too far from where I lived and I suppose when you're in that situation and with family and whatnot, um, I had a lot of a lot of support from, from North Melbourne Football Club and, and the people that were involved. In, what about the know? magical nature of the way they went about? When you're a player, did you get a chance to observe it? Yeah, I mean, even from a, you know, as I was a Carlton supporter, I, I, you know, North Melbourne clearly were my second team. Um, And to watch those types of players and, you know, the Keith Greggs and the Schimmelbushes and, you know, the the list goes on, you know, you know, played a lot of games with Matty Larkin, who was a, it was a superstar. Um, So there was, there was a lot of uh, great players at that football club. And obviously between 75 and 70 or post 77, you know, there was a bit of a lull, but we could see that. There was a, a, I suppose, a culture building, and a lot of those players that didn't end up playing in, in '96 or or '99, uh, had a lot to do with the contribution of the development of uh, the young players that played in those grand finals. Accuracy wasn't uh, at the forefront of that game. Ten fourteen, North Melbourne, Melbourne seven nineteen. Uh, Alistair Clarkson played in that game. Two goals, four, and Peter German, one goal, four. Of course, have both uh, forged coaching careers, as have others on that list as well. But who would have thought? Did you think way back then, as a 17-year-old, that Alice Clarkson would uh, forge that wonderful coaching career, of which you had a, a bit to do with as well? Yeah, look, I, he's from Caniva. We I played under-19s with um, Alistair. He was uh, he was not a midfielder at that point. He was more of a half-forward, but he could really you know, leap and take a, you know magnificent marks. Very, very determined. Um, in the end, you know, he obviously went on to play with uh, Melbourne Football Club and you know, we had a rivalry. He used to tag me, and you know, so basically, he's probably dirty because I took his spot, <laughs> and, and Jose Ramiro as well. Uh, so you played those four games in your first season. You played rounds 12, 13, 14, 15. You played in three wins to start with. Can you remember why you got dropped, or did you get injured? I had a lot of injuries. Like it took me even a, at that age. Yeah, there was a lot of. I had a lot of hamstring. I had pelvic instability where I had a lot of uh, hamstring issues and and whatnot, and it took a, a long time to sort of. Uh, I suppose, understand the, the body, particularly back then. So I did a lot of Pilates later on in my career and put the weights away and um, that certainly helped me get through later on. But yeah, I had, had some knee issues where I had, um, I suppose, my cartilage. I tore my cartilage and they actually, back in the day, they just ripped those out. But what they did is they actually sewed my cartilage back into my bone and that took about eight to nine weeks to uh, recover. Um, so yeah, I did through that period struggle with um, some injuries. So in the second year, you only played the one game at North Melbourne eighty nine against Sydney. Yeah, round twenty two. Correct. Yeah. Where were you? I was I was playing reserves footy, and once again, a lot of injuries through through that period. But whether I was, you know, you always 
going through a development phase um, and learning. Don't forget, we were playing reserves football back in the day before the seniors started. There was a lot of quality mm. uh, players running around in the reserves mm. that, you know, couldn't get a game in the seniors. You still love because... watching the reserves before the no, AFL? Well, I still love it before that? the big games were on. I know, Grand same. final. and used to love watching. What a day. Yeah. But the under-19s at yeah. times, you know, were playing too. Yep. So it was, uh, you know, those days were... Magnificent. Obviously, the grounds are different these days. Did you at that time though? And you, you, as you said, you had those a couple of those injuries, and then you're trying to break into the team of North Melbourne of of '89. Was there a time that you sort of went, mm, maybe it's just not for me, or no, you just no, kept never. cracking away? And... No, never. So who, never. Who got around you? Who was your support network? Can you remember back? Then? Oh, look, I, I think the playing group. You know, the playing group. Uh, you know, had some great mentors, great leaders, and. Um, but at the determination that last game, as you said, in round twenty-two, I think I had twenty-seven. Um, and that catapulted me into the next You did season. have 27, yeah, Rocky. Yeah. Look at you, not, not wanting to talk about yourself, but you've just rattled off no, your stat. Well, that's, <laughs> you have to remember the one game, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> don't be worried if you didn't, you reckon. I think the postman was playing in that game. Ian Fairley, I think he was a postman. Champion, yeah. champion. So good mates with uh, Ian, Wayne Swass as well. Um, so the postman is a fisherman as well, and we've spent a lot of time fishing together. But what a what a great player for North Melbourne uh, he was! Absolutely. So just some of those others uh, in that team, of course. Uh, Derek Kicker was at North Melbourne at that time. Yeah, Derek Kicker. Uh, we had a lot of Indigenous Hepburn's, players. Mark Hepburn. Mark Hepburn. Sean Smith. There was Liam Pickering. Uh, Liam Pickering. You know, Lee Tudor. <laughs> Anthony Stevens started. Anthony, yeah, there was uh, just rattle them off, mate. Uh, they're, they're all stars. Yeah, they did all start there. Even look at as Craig Scholl, as you said, Schwatter, as well, then it starts to ramp up. Then you start to have more games, and all of a sudden we're starting to think. But you hadn't played finals footy; it was still a bit of a battle out there. Mm. Tell us a turning point in the Anthony Rock career. Well, it was when Wayne Schimmelbush got the sack. Um, they played at, I think it was the Ansett Cup, and they played against Adelaide. I didn't play in that game, and then they got hammered. Myself, I don't think Swatter played in that game. We we're up in Turumbri Skeen at the time, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so. When we got the uh, we got the call that Wayne Chimbalwush had, had been sacked and Dennis was about to become our coach, and Swatter and I looked at ourselves into Rumble. We just going, oh no, because we'd had him through the under 19s He was relentless, um, but obviously shaped uh, the the players and and the team that we had moving forward. But yeah, so we so we drove from Turumbury. I think it was I forget where the game was, but we played Geelong, uh, rampaging Geelong, who were full of champions at that stage. It was in a practice match. Um, basically, outlined. So he pulled Swatter in. He said, "You're captain, Anthony. You're vice captain." He sort of just read the right act, right? And then uh, so we went out. He put in a simple, very very simple game plan, which was uh, based on efficiency uh, and direct football and. We implemented that on that day and we went down by a few points and, and that was the changing point, to be honest, like to actually get thumped by Adelaide in a, in a pre-season game and, and then to, to deliver against a, like a superstar outfit in Geelong in a practice match like that with a young team, we, we knew that, hang on, we've, I think we're onto something. We're talking 92? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we know that Geelong made it through to the big dance mm. against West Coast and West Coast ran over them. You talk about Dennis Pagan and you talk about his influence on you as a, as a 19 and he came after you when you had Hadfield and wanted you to be there. Um, was he relentless? Was he a hard taskmaster? And, and what did, what facets did he want you to work at? No, he was, uh, it's all about discipline with, um, Dennis, there was, you know, uh, there was a lot of talent. Like back in those days, you had, a, you had 120 invites 
down to training and you get the tap on the shoulder. So you'd, you'd sort of run and hide and hope you didn't get the tap on the shoulder. <laughs> so don't come back next week, son. Um, but yeah, look, he, he was just a hard taskmaster. He, he was relentless in his pursuit of success and, uh, his expectations about training, um, attitudes and on and off the field, um, has stood the test of time. But I suppose the thing with that group, and if I look back at Carlton too, is that they were a very social football club as well as we were, but we never drank during the week. Um, and, but we did on a weekend and, but as soon as Monday came, we got to work and, and it was a good recipe. Anthony Rock is our guest. Uh, we're talking to him, the North Melbourne Premiership player, 222 games of uh, senior footy, 178, of course, with the Kangaroos and 44 with the Hawks. This is Inspiring Stories. Thanks to Baron O'Day. More with Anthony Rock next. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Tim Gossage in the chair, thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. Durability, uh, 94 through to 97, you barely missed a game. Yeah, it was 96 I, I didn't. There was only two times in my career where I didn't miss a game, and that was 96. Uh, I think I played 25 and also 2000 when I was age 30 uh, with Hawthorne. I played every game. And what a great year not to uh, miss a game, 96. That's your premiership year uh, where you beat the Sydney Swans. You had a, you had a blinder that uh, that game as well. Seymour after it. Still after it. Kerry worries him out of it. The captain kicks it beautifully to Rock. Rock at 50. Takes his man on. 48 metres out. Kicks the goal and drills it home. And they're home. Take us back to that whole grand final feeling. You'd had a fair taste of finals football prior to that. You're all of a sudden North Melbourne were a finals team and whenever there was expectation. Was this always going to be the year? I think so. If we didn't win it that year it would have been a travesty to be honest. And as time would tell, we've you know, there's no club in the history of the game that's played seven prelims in a row. Um so probably under underachieved as a as a football club. Mm, mm. Um but also we had great opportunities um prior to that, particularly in ninety four with the Geelong, we, we, we just kicked a lot of points. Um, so I used to blame that on the, the big fellas up forward. <laughs> um, so we're getting it to them, but they're not, not delivering. But, yeah, we, I, I suppose we're always building. And, you know, West Coast came into the market early doors in 90. Uh, we played a final against them. They were all big lads, uh, really big lads. And then we learn a lot off them. And, that, and that's, I suppose, that's the trend, isn't it? Like, you, you're always learning off the... The premierships that the premiership teams that year. Well, your first final was that elimination final against West Coast in '93. Of course, yep. they were coming off a flag. They were almost expected to go back to back in '93, yep. and they went. And to this day, they just it was the one that they thought got away from them. When you talk about this size, we oh, massive. Like if you up against Dwayne Lamb, you know Hart, and you know they're little back pockets, right? But they like I was reasonable, but I was still you know probably about sixty two kilos, sixty five, and you got these Adonises, and it was all across every line. Now I'm not saying anything about that, because but but did, were, was there chatter? Oh, look, were you surprised at their size? Uh, yes and no. Uh, how would you know back in those days? Mm. I mean, but what I do say about um, I don't know if you talk about Fremantle and whatever, but West Coast were first to market. They had the pick of the best players in the state. So they were always going to do well and they were very well coached and they were a professional outfit. So, you know, we used to play a lot of games at the Wacker on Friday nights. They were great, great, great days, great, 
great days and great games and yeah, but they, they, they sort of went on and, and they've been a great football club. They have. All right. So let's then, and you talked about those preliminary finals. Preliminary final in 94, you bowed out to Geelong on that occasion. 95, you bowed out to Carlton on that occasion. What was that like for you with the foot in both camps? <laughs> oh, well, 94 was interesting. We, we had that game sewn up and Ablett hadn't had a kick all day. Uh, Lee Tudor and Tim McGrath were playing it and Liam Pickering as well were playing, transitioned over from North Melbourne to uh, to Geelong and... And Lee Tudor was the one that got the handball over over the top. You know, uh, Danny Laidley was went into smother, came off his man, and Mick done a wonderful job on Ablett, and Ablett kicked that goal in the in the dying seconds. And mm. uh, we should that was a game where we kicked ourselves out of it as well. And then what'd you say, ninety five? Carlton. Carlton were too good. You know, they won they won every game that year. Yep. Um, we had a lot of players out prelim. Um, there was no doubt. They were they were destined to 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 win the grand final that year. So then we let's go to ninety six because what what a what a what a lineup. Allison, Stewie Anderson, Archer, Bell, Blakey, Capuano, Carey, Crocker, Fairley, Freeborn, King, Laidley, Martin, McKernan, Roberts, Rock, Swass, Scott, Shoal, Simpson, and Stevens. I mean, that right there, that is the North Melbourne that I remember from the nineties. What a wonderful combination. Yeah, look. Every every name across every line, um, you know, they're all they're all tough players. I mean, there was bits and pieces where people were a bit more outside and whatnot. But if if you asked any of those players to put their head over the ball, they would. So we just had that really strong belief that you know that any any individual would do anything for the side. You won easy. We won by seven goals. Yeah, occasion. yeah. That, you imagine that. Can you can you remember that the the I always ask players what's the last five, ten minutes like on a grand final day when you know you're going to win that elusive premiership? Oh, terrific. The way the game started, it was the hottest game that I've ever played in Goss. It was the intensity was just next level in that first quarter. And you're just thinking the crowd, you can't hear anything that's going on. And and then obviously the, the game goes on and they started really well. Sydney, we got back into it into half time, went into the sheds and, you know, we came out after that and sort of blew them away. And that last quarter... We just kept rolling on the goals, and so everyone was. It was a bit of party time back then. Yeah, seven goal last quarter, and you're right. Sydney did get the jump in. They had a six goal first term. Yeah, they were, and Paul Kelly had an opportunity running to an open goal, fifty out, and sort of stubbed his toe and and didn't quite kick it. That would have put us under a little bit of pressure. Were you thinking at the time when they got the jump on you? One, we had you had the they had you had the stock that was going to be good enough to challenge. Or were you thinking, oh, not another prelim final? Yeah. Not another sort of like, no, we've, no, got big there. Game. we've got there, big another game. big game failure. Yeah, look, you always have those little demons in your head, but we had a great belief, didn't matter what the scoreboard was, because we had the ability and our efficiency. Like we were kicking a goal every 14 possessions back in those days. And our ability to score was enormous. You know, we, we allowed the, the other, other side to score, but we'd always score more. Um, so we'd always have that faith and then you've obviously got a, a big belt, a big fella up the front that, uh, can help you out a little bit. How good was he? How good was Kerry? Yeah, he's, and not biased on, you know, a great friend of his and, um, and I've grown up with him. So I understand his story. Um, he's the greatest player that I've ever seen or even, even on game day, when you're playing with Ablets and Dunstalls and Lockets, all the greats, and then you see the... I suppose as a captain material, he could play up, he could play down back, which he did play a lot of footy at centre-half back. His versatility, his ability to pick up a ground ball, go on his left, go on his right, kick a goal from 70, go back with the flight, change the game within a space of, you know, two or three minutes. 
I haven't seen him play like that. Um, not, he was not tough too, time. wasn't he? Like he physically tough. tough. He took yeah. blokes out. He had no problems. Yeah. And back in those days, particularly against Essendon, there was three or four that were hanging off him. So, and to do that, the, the umpires weren't paying free kicks to the centre-half forwards in those days. Um, so Lance Franklin, champion, understand that. But there's a lot of free kicks for Tiggy Touch. You played in a couple of losing grand finals. You played again, again, you talk about those preliminary finals, but then you lost to, to Adelaide, uh, of course. We remember that one of 1998, um, and they just stormed all over the top of you in the last quarter. You just couldn't pick your feet up. Eight well, goals, 22. Eight goals, 22. I think it was 29 points up at half time. So you, you, if you can't win from there, well, you know, there is something wrong. But the third quarter, you know, uh, Kane Johnson and McLeod were, were steaming off, off half back, and then. You know, then you've got those those forwards, um, Jarman, who who was who was kick five. He was super. So you know, it was disappointing. Um, why did you leave North Melbourne? Because I'd had enough. I'd been with I'd been with Dennis. I suppose this is this is where the love hate relationship comes in, and we've got a healthy respect for each other. He named his dog after me. Um, <laughs> he did. Um, so we got, and we speak about this and. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just said, look, I had enough. I had a really poor year uh, in, in 98 and I was 28. I was at that point where question and answer yourself. Um, do I need to have a change? Do I need to recommit? I actually got, um, I was in hospital with surgery and, and Dennis got wind that I was wanting to leave and he rings me up in hospital and I said, oh, well, you're not, you're not leaving. I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you when I get out of hospital. <laughs> I'm on pethidine at the minute. Um, we'll have a chat about it then. And we went out for breakfast and, um, and Greg Miller offered me more money to stay than what I was on in that year. So that was a, a show of faith, uh, by Greg. And I just, you know, had breakfast with, um, Dennis. I just, I just had that voice in my head for too long and I needed a, I needed to refresh myself, um, to get, I suppose, the remaining years and get the best out of myself. So I made the decision. He, he went, went home and he basically, I, I rang him up and, I just said, look, I've made a decision. I'm, I'm not coming back. I said, I don't care whether... The de- How long after breakfast? Uh, probably about two or three hours. And, you know, I, just, I knew that I mightn't get picked up, but I always had faith that I would or some... So you had would. nowhere to go? No, I didn't. So wow. what happened was I got invited to, to Essendon to train for pre-season with Kevin Shetty. So I did that. Uh, so the night before the, the pre-season um, draft... Uh, they got um, notified that they weren't allowed to participate in the in the draft because of salary cap breaching. They they declared that they were going to take me, so that was all good. Had a massive preseason under John Quinn, and um, they had some great players, obviously, and they went on to win in two thousand. But Peter German at the time was uh, coaching uh, at Hawthorne with Ken Judge, and. So they gave me a call and said, well, we're going to take you at, at pick four. So I ended up at Hawthorne. We'll find more about that Hawthorne era and a couple of other little issues as well. With Anthony Rock, he is our guest in the studio. This is Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Baron O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Tim Gossage in the chair. Anthony Rock is our guest in Inspiring Stories and we appreciate the ongoing support from Baron O'Day because the little things are everything. All righty. I probably need to give it more time than it's worth, but you did play 44 games at Hawthorne. I did. I played Three a couple years. of finals and they were they were on their way up. Um, had a, 
Uh, Ken Judge uh, was our first coach, and then he was replaced with Peter Schwab and had a really great fitness coach in Bowden Babichak. Um, so there's some really wonderful players and some really, you know, tough players. I, I really enjoyed my time there. You weren't at North Melbourne when the saga happened. Captain Wayne Carey could be forced into an early retirement as soon as tonight after a bitter internal furor with a teammate. Now, there are allegations stemming from the party of another teammate's house earlier this week. For the well-being of all concerned, I have taken the decision to cease my playing career with the uh, Kangaroos. I regret the circumstances of my actions, which has led to the decision and the pain it has caused to my wife and my family. And it wouldn't be a chat with you, yep. your mates with Wayne, your mates yep. with that football career. That whole Wayne, Carey, Anthony Stevens and all the dramas there. Were you glad you weren't at the club at the time? Uh, look, I was still involved, obviously, as friends and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, I had a close relationship with Wayne. I had a close relationship with, you know, Anthony and Arch and all the rest of the crew. And, and clearly when all that happened, you know, when Wayne, you know, articulated to me what had happened, I just, I just said, well, you know, like, it's you've made you've you've buggered up here, and clearly there's two people in the story. Were you uh, at the party? No, I wasn't. Are you um, glad you weren't? No, I'm glad I wasn't. Um, so yeah, this that keeps me out of the picture, right? So I'm not in trouble. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one where you just say, look, you've made a mistake, but you know what? I need to support you through this. I'll support Anthony. I, I won't, I didn't take a side. How tough was it, Rookie? How tough was it for the, for you blokes who are caught in the crosshairs of all of this situation? We're talking, we've just spoke in the previous break, just about how close that group was and how successful they were and what a powerhouse they were. And we talk about Wayne Carey. And we talk about the, the work of Anthony Stevens. And we just, we, we just talk about that North Melbourne era. And then it seemed to just crumble before our very public eyes. Mm. What, what, what's... Sad? Oh, it's unbelievably sad. It's um, it's fractured a, a football club at the time, but it also fractured relationships to this day. Um, I don't, you know, you, you, you can't drop people for making mistakes, but I understand it's a it was a huge one, and you know, Anthony will never forgive, and that's okay. That's 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 his prerogative, but hopefully, everyone can move on, and you know, uh, I suppose live a life that. I suppose that they hope they would, but it's not going to be together, unfortunately. That's Has it made reunions difficult? Oh, well, you obviously would have read the, read the article, you know, uh, from last year's uh, reunion. Of course, of course it does. It makes it awkward. Um, but I suppose one thing that I can categorically say is that I haven't chosen a side. And when people do, that's even enhances the fracture even more. So we understand the reason, and this is where I look back. So North Melbourne were... Incredibly close football club and a lot of our forefathers that we played with, you know, in our early teens were created that. So we'd had, you know, a list of 52. We would, we would raise money to get young kids that didn't, couldn't afford to come on trips. Uh, we'd do that every year. So we'd always have massive fundraising events and, and we'd spend a lot of time together. So invariably, invariably when you're spending Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday with partners, wives, girlfriends, whatever... Um, and people are drinking and, you know, things happen. That That's that's happened for 100 years and it's going to happen for another 100 years. Um, but just ha- unfortunately, it was to the, the best player at North Melbourne and, and the captain of our football club. Uh, he knows the, the gravity of what's taken place and he's he's 
remorseful. Last one on that. When when Wayne came out and did his press conference and walked out, I think Ricky Nixon was with him at the time. And we, and that, do you remember watching it or yeah. hearing it? And what was your? How did you feel? Well, it was just I was at Hawthorne at the time, but clearly still very involved with all the personnel at North Melbourne. Any anger from you though? Uh, no, 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 not really. I just just thought, well, how how could this happen? But but then you start to think about how and why. And it's very simple. Like I just explained, you've got a very, very close football club with everyone involved. Rocky, you've done plenty of coaching over the journey too. Uh, midfield coach Melbourne, St Kilda, back to North Melbourne, uh, development coaches everywhere. You coached uh, the North Ballarat Rebels, so you looked at the young kids, St Bernard's, uh, Greenvale in the Essendon District, Fremantle, of course, mm. you coach amateurs over mm. here. You love coaching. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I, I like helping people. I like my, my coaching journey started uh, at Hawthorne, really, when I was with um, you know David Parkin. So David Parkin was involved, so he was a great mentor. And I went back to university, did night school for three nights a week for for two and a half years, and did the first ever level two coaching course available to AFL players at the time. And I suppose that set up my coaching career, and went into North Ballarat and. Had a wonderful three years there. Tony Frawley, um, Danny's brother, was uh, my boss at the time, and uh, we we had some wonderful players. You know, we're we're talking so players out of that that era. Um, you know, you're talking Brad Sewell, you you're talking Troy Chaplin. There's there's so Jed Adcock, uh, Michael Jamison. Yeah. You're talking Sean Grigg. Yeah. You're talking Lenny Pickin, Matty Rosa. Yeah, the list goes on. What came out of that that three years? Um, you know, they've come on, they've come on to be captains of their football clubs and, and premiership players. And that's when you sit back, uh, because they're from, you know, they're from Western region or the Wimmera. Um, so it's not an easy sort of connect, but we, what we did have is we had, uh, St. Patrick's College and Ballarat Clarendon where they could board so we could get access, uh, to them, you know, during the week. Um, that was a wonderful period of coaching. I loved it. Probably my best time in coaching, um, purely just to, you know, to watch uh, the development of the people that went on to have great careers. You're now doing great things with OCC Services. Uh, opportunity creates uh, careers. Tell us a bit about um, that company. Yeah, it's a, a labour hire company. It's a long-standing labour hire company in Victoria. Uh, it was taken over by a group of directors in 2018, uh, one being Luke Livingston. Um, Sally Carey's Wayne's ex-wife is CFO. Um, so she's got uh, equity in the company. Another guy called David McMahon. Um, Luke uh, played with Josh Kennedy. Uh, Josh lived with uh, Lou and, and Luke uh, when he was playing at Carlton of the day. They've been mates for a long time. And uh, Luke, you know, spoke to Josh about life after football. What does that look like? Um, and they wanted to set up a, a branch here in, in WA. So they approached me in February of 21 um, to start up the day-to-day operations. So literally start up. Uh, build the digital presence and um, so we're doing some really good things and uh, in the mining and construction fields and civil so um, it's only growing. Uh, Luke Hodges 12 months ago with a, a GM like myself Clint Watts has started up a, a branch in um, in Queensland so you can see that the real sport flavour through the I suppose the team, the culture, the, the work ethic and um, we didn't I don't I didn't know much about labour hire apart from working in labour um, but you learn quickly. You you learn off people that are willing to give their time. Uh, it's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, gig in terms of dealing with people every day because uh, they, they fluctuate, and that's that. That's the hard. It's a reliability factor. 
reliability and um yeah, we've just completed our, our first Indigenous uh, pilot program. Um, took has taken us two years uh, to seek cultural license advice. Um, we've got some really you know strong people involved in Tim Harris, guy Jim Morrison, who's uh, Australian of the Year, and also Megan Cracker, who's Jim's sister. Uh, so she's Perth yeah. Citizen of the Year. So we've got some some really you know nice support. Um, but as I said, it's not an easy space, and we've worked pretty hard to get. Yeah, well, now. you've worked incredibly hard. So again, as we wrap things up here, and, uh, Anthony Rock has been our guest. Thanks to Bower and O'Day, inspiring sports stories. Uh, your connection to footy at all now? I'm actually feel liberated to to actually be out of it. To be honest, um, I, I suppose what I've done in WA over the last three years compared to my previous five um, working at Fremantle as an assistant coach is I've built some amazing networks. Um, and yeah, there's politics everywhere, but there's more politics in football than anywhere else. Um, so I, I'm i a straight shooter. Um, am I perfect? No. Um, I don't expect to be. I, I don't expect anyone else to be. Um, but do I, will I ever go back and, and coach? Never say never, because you're silly if you do. Um, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. You got everything out of that little body, which is <laughs> a stocky body at the same time. You're always pretty robust in the in the days that I used to watch you play. But uh, you have no regrets about anything you've done playing footy? Oh, look, everyone has regrets. If they, if Public regrets? Uh, look, as I said, uh, no, no one's perfect. Um, you always you always take one, st- one, take one step in front of the other. Don't look back. Don't look in the rear-vision mirror. Learn from what's gone on in the past. Um but do I have regrets? No. Um, am I proud of my career? Yes. Um, I'm proud of what I achieved. Um, and everyone, and we talk about this all the time, Goss, everyone's got a story. And I appreciate you uh, getting me on to tell mine. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. It is a great story. It's inspiring. And, mate, uh, good luck to North Melbourne. They need a bit of help. I think, look, they're on the up. They've got some, some good young kids and... Um, I think they'll, you know, turn over. There's, I, I just see they've, they've turned over a few coaches, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of um, comes out of that. Thanks for coming in. It's been a great chat. Uh, all the very best with the company and Thanks. the work and, and, and family and life uh, going forward, and we thank you for coming into the studio. Thanks, Goss. Appreciate it. Anthony Rock, Premiership player with North Melbourne, 222 games. This has been Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Anthony Rock. Thanks to Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything.